Welcome to Words of Life, Love, and Freedom. I'm your host, Paul McKibben. And I'm going to be sharing today about waiting on the Lord and some of the things that are involved with waiting on the Lord. So this episode, this is actually season two um, of my podcast. And this is season two, episode one. And I call this episode, I Wait on You, talking about waiting on the Lord. So first off, let me lay a little bit of groundwork here. Um, There are some things that we need to realize when we come to... Uh, to the thought and the ideas of how great God really is, how wonderful God is. God is so wonderful that He loves us, takes care of us, and wants to preserve us and protect us from all harm. It says in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 6, You alone are the Lord. You made the skies and the heavens and all the stars. You made the earth and the seas and everything in them. You preserved them all, and the angels of heaven worship you. They're talking about preserving. If God will preserve the skies and the heavens and the stars and the earth and the seas and everything in them, don't you think that God would preserve His most greatest creation, which was a human being? I mean, don't get me wrong. All the thing, all the other things that God created are glorious, wonderful things. But we're the only things that were created that was created in God's image. So that's something to think about. God created us in His image. And He actually formed us from the dust of the earth. Well, starting with Adam and Eve anyway. I mean, He formed Adam from the dust of the earth and then He took a rib from Adam and created Eve with that. But in God's eyes, we were his uh, most prized um, creation because he made us in his image. And when I say he made us in his image, what I'm saying is Okay, now when God was creating the heavens and the earth before he got to the point of creating man, he spoke it into existence. He literally said the word and bam, it was there. And so he proved himself that there's life in the power of the tongue. There's life and of course there's also death in the power of the tongue. But God was exhibiting the life that is in the power of the tongue. When you speak life, God gave us that same capability, and a lot of people don't realize it. 
But there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And because we were created in God's image, we have that ability as well. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that um, that we can just say something and something will just out of thin air be created and exist like God can do. That's That's trying to test God. You don't want to try to prove yourself to be like God. But we were created in his image in the sense that, you know, it's it's been a scientifically proven fact that if you yell and curse at a certain plant and talk negative to a plant and you curse this plant, the plant will shrivel and die. Jesus actually proved that when he cursed the fig tree and the thing withered and died right before their very eyes. So that's uh, that's the proof right there. So God preserves us and he watches over us and protects us. And when we lean on God and we trust in him he'll give us the boldness that we need to be able to get through certain situations that maybe ordinarily we would have difficulty with it says in proverbs 28 1 the wicked run away when no one is chasing them but the godly are as bold as lions and that's just a, a reference to to how bold it's making, stating an example of how bold that we as Christians can be and how we should be. You know, and, and with that boldness, um, with that boldness comes um, faith in God. And that faith that we flow and operate in when we are trusting in the Lord is kind of what takes the place of the fear. It's, you know, it says in second Timothy chapter one, verse seven, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and of self-discipline. Now, some versions of that verse actually worded a little differently. I've heard it said in other versions, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's what one of the verses actually says. What I'm reading, what I just read from is actually the, the New Living Translation. That's a little easier for some people to understand. But this, this fear um that I'm talking about there's a good fear and there's a bad fear what I'm talking about and and what I was talking about using the example of 2 Timothy 1:7 for God has not given us a spirit of fear that is like a fear that is like afraid and timidity which is like um what's a good word for timidity Uh, kind of shy, withdrawn, you know, like not so sure about yourself, that kind of uh, meaning. Um, So that's a bad fear that they're talking about. But God has given us power, love, and and self-discipline. 
Now let's talk about, for a few minutes, the good kind of fear. The good kind of fear uh, says in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 33, Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. So, so this kind of fear is actually a good kind of fear. This kind of fear is a fear of the Lord, a reverent fear of the Lord. To always know that God is God Almighty, that He is still on His throne, and that He should be number one above all. So when we have that kind of fear, fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. It also says in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 23, Fear of the Lord teaches life, bringing security and protection from harm. So see, there's, when we have a reverent fear of the Lord, where we honor and respect God for who He is, I'm not talking about being afraid of God. I'm talking about a respect, a high respect for God and a reverent um, respect for Him. He can uh, bring security and protection to us, protect us from all harm. And it also says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4, True humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. Now, I suppose that I know that it does lead to honor and long life and the riches part. Um, I suppose that it could lead to like the kind of riches that you that you're thinking of, like wealth, you know, financial riches. I guess it could lead to that. But I kind of tend to look at that verse like when it's talking about riches I'm thinking of the spiritual riches, like growing in wisdom and knowledge and humility and being filled with God's love, joy, and peace, and and just being filled, overflowing with His Spirit so much that His anointing just rests on us. So that's the kind of riches I like to think about, because really, you know, money ain't everything. I know that it takes money to buy things, but... Um, I try not to focus on the money. I try to focus on God and uh, the, the money part comes later. That's like a byproduct of putting my faith in God. So that's kind of the way I view that. Now, <clears throat> waiting on the Lord, you know, also something that it's kind of in this uh, realm of thinking when we think about waiting on the Lord. As you know, God came, Jesus came to set the captives free. People that were um, in bondage, people that were possessed, living sinful lifestyles, people that just... Uh, they didn't know what freedom was. Um, and 
So Jesus came to love, to serve, and to set the captives free. And now when Jesus came the first time, he came as a servant, a loving um, servant. Um, He came to serve and love, set the captives free. But when he comes back again, he's not going to come back as a suffering servant. Yeah, he was a suffering servant the first time. He was crucified and he gave up his life for the sins of the world. But he won't be coming back as a suffering servant when he comes back the second time. He's going to come back as king and judge. And uh, he won't be playing around when he comes back. But when I'm talking about how he set the captives free, there was a there was a time uh, that is also it's in the New Testament when Jesus was at a gathering and he read Isaiah 61 1 and I'm going to read that right now. It says the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor he has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed and this was part of what jesus read this one particular day and uh if i remember correctly i believe he also stated that that day it had been fulfilled and the people went Uh, They just went crazy. They were really mad at Jesus that day because, you know, he made a statement using God's word. He, he, um, He made a statement that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and all the, the religious people, the religious leaders did not like. And so... You know, this verse, Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, what I just read to you, this is kind of the way I feel sometimes about my life of how the Lord has given me a ministry to to minister and witness and share with people that are hurting and suffering and the brokenhearted, the people that are so bound up in bondages and addictions and has been in jails and psychiatric hospitals and, and all the things that um all the things that can hinder a person in their walk. You know, I've been through some of these things and um, sometimes and a lot of times more than on one occasion. And so now that the Lord has set me free from all this stuff in my hindering past, um, he is using the experience that I had gained because he set me free from it. He's using that experience to share with others so that others might be able to be set free as well. 
You know, when we gain our freedom, the Lord doesn't intend us intend for us to just sit on it and never share it with anybody. Because what good are we doing the world if we get freed from something and we keep it to ourselves and we hold it in and we don't ever talk about the painful things, the hurtful things, the things that we suffered in that God has set us free from for through his love, mercy, and grace. So if we don't talk and share about the things that God has set us free from, we're not really doing um, any uh, good service to the community. And I'm not saying just go and, and lay your whole life on the line as far as like just you know tell everybody everything there's certain things that you may not want to share and you shouldn't have to feel like you got to share everything but the important things are the are the things that we struggled with that we can now give God the glory for setting us free from that's not something we should be ashamed of you know we shouldn't be ashamed of some of the things that we went through if God has set us free from it Now, if we're still actively doing these things, then yeah, there's going to be a certain amount of shame there and you're not going to want to share it. And then that should be an indicator to you, hey, something here ain't right. I need to get right with God. I got to give this thing to the Lord and get this thing off my back. But, um, you know, we should, we should be transparent enough to give God the glory when the glory is due. And so, you know, waiting on God, this piece that I wrote that I'm going to share in just a moment, it's called I Wait On You, which is what I titled this episode after. It encompasses all the things that are uh, involved with waiting on God. And when I'm talking about waiting on God, I mean, you know, realizing that God has preserved us. Knowing that God has made a, a way for us to be bold. If we would just um, step out in faith and realize that he's already done what needed to be done to make a way for us to receive this boldness. It's a matter of us stepping out in faith and acting in boldness and being bold. And that sometimes when we're trying to be bold, we struggle with a little bit of fear and timidity. But God hasn't given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power, love, and a sound mind, or power, love, and self-discipline. And the fear of the Lord does teach wisdom, and humility precedes honor. Fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. True humility and fear of the Lord leads to riches, honor, and long life, which, you know, I did state that the riches I'm talking about that I kind of tend to look at in that verse are the spiritual riches growing spiritually in wisdom and knowledge 
maybe flowing into prophetic, all the things that are going to edify God, edify the church, and lift us up and encourage us. And to God, and, and also waiting on God, is knowing that we're waiting on Him because He either... Uh, he came to set the captives free. And whether for free at that moment or not, in this case, I wrote about being free already, but waiting on God because I want to continue to retain my freedom. Because when you wait on God, you're submitting to Him. You're surrendering to Him. And you're waiting on Him for His instruction and His direction. So that's really what it boils down to. So I'm going to go ahead and share this now. This is called I Wait On You. Oh God, you are truly worthy of being praised. I will love, honor, and serve you all of my days. I give you all the adoration and glory that you deserve. I can only pray, dear Lord, that my life you will preserve. You are truly an awesome God, and I wait on you. I wait for a move of your spirit. Your spirit leads and guides me and sees me through. Oh God, I wait on you as your anointing touches my soul. Dear Lord, fill me with your love, joy, and peace, and allow your spirit to lead me to be bold. Oh God, I wait on you. Give me the wisdom, strength, and endurance to be able to carry the mantle that you, that you will place on me. My King, continue to give me wings like an eagle to soar into the heavens in freedom and share the message that you have laid on my heart to help set the captives free. My king, I wait on you, and I am so grateful for what you have done for me. You have blessed me with your spirit and salvation, and out of love have removed the scales from my eyes so that I could see. Oh God, I wait on you. Please help me to pass the test. Dear Lord, because of your love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness, I am truly beyond blessed. O oh God, I wait on you and allow me to be tested so that I can see how much I've grown. When the times of testing comes, I keep my eyes on you, and I am in your very presence on my face at your throne. Dear Lord, I wait on you, and I will not turn away. My King, draw me close to you, and stay by my side, because in your presence is where I want to stay. O oh God, I wait on you. Give me the heart of a warrior to stand strong and fight. My King, continue to allow me to lean on you and draw my strength from you. Because you're truly, you truly are awesome in power and might. My king continues to shape and mold my behavior. I will continue to lean on him 
because he is my redeemer and loving savior. So if you caught this uh, episode um, and you really enjoyed it and you would like to continue following my podcast, just uh, hit tap the follow button and then hit the bell, the bell icon uh, to get notifications. Um, and that way, every time a new episode comes out, um, you'll be notified. And by tapping the follow button, you'll have access to the entire library that I've created. Uh, the entire first season is already uh, out there. And so this is uh, season two, episode one. Um, I do apologize about the delay in getting this out there in the airwaves. Um, there's been a lot going on uh, since the start of the year. And I will try to be better about keeping up with this podcast because I know there's a lot of people that really enjoy hearing what the Lord has uh, helped me through and what the Lord is showing me and revealing to me um, in my alone time with him and through the writings he gives me. So God bless you. You take care. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. His shalom peace. God loves you and so do I. Uh, Praise God and continue to stay tuned in for the next upcoming episodes. God bless you. You take care. Love y'all. Bye-bye.